back gonna be the one that give you the knife in your back what are you hope you enjoy our pastor's message i'm brother michael williams thank you for listening we pray you were enlightened spiritually by our radio broadcast if you would like a copy of our service or support us by donation write us at bethany ministry center P.O. Box 6764, Alexandria, Louisiana, 71307. Or call us at 318-561-0064 and leave a message. Join us next Saturday at 1215 p.m. KKKAYT 88.1 FM, 70,000 watts of gospel power. <laughs> Beaming on the Blue Mountains of Mississippi and the flat plains of West Texas and the beaches and bayous of Louisiana. KAYT 88.1 FM. with Greg Tejada, pastor of the Word Christian Center in Alexandria, Louisiana. I invite you to stay tuned as I share a powerful message from God's Word that will change your life. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And now, here's today's message. Now, in John chapter 14, I'm just going to speak to you about the Holy Spirit being our helper. Look at your neighbor and say, I have a helper. <laughs> you know, sometimes we need to be reminded that we are not alone in life's battles. You are never alone as long as you have the Holy Spirit. Amen. In John chapter 14... We see Jesus made some very amazing statements. One of them that he said in verse 12 was he says, If the works that I do shall you do also, and even greater works than these shall you do. So God is looking for greater works out of the church, out of you and me. He's looking for us to do greater things than he did, bigger things, more powerful things. Well, we know that we can't do any of that in and of ourselves. Flesh profits nothing. You can't produce nothing but bad with the flesh. Paul said, we have no confidence in the flesh. So we're not talking about you doing things in the strength of your own might, you know. We're talking about you working with God and allowing God to work in you. Jesus said you would do greater works. Verse 13 says, and whatever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So then he gives us his name. Amen. Now, the name is a necessary part of doing the greater works because the scripture tells us in Colossians chapter 3 that whatever we do in word or deed, whatever we speak, say, prophesy, decree, declare, however we use our mouth, and whatever we do, how we act, how we live, how we conduct ourselves, it has to be done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks unto the Father by him. So whatever we do and however we live, everything we do should have a mark of Christ in it. 
We should be doing it in his name. And when you do something in his name, that means you're doing something that represents him, that he can stand right beside you and say, yep, I'm in agreement, full agreement with that. And when you speak in Jesus' name, it's just like Jesus speaking. When you act in his name, it's just like him acting. So you get the same results. So we see in verse number 13, he gave us the authority to use his name. He actually delegated that authority to us and said, whatever you ask, Melvin, in my name, he said, I'll do it. So we're talking about a partnership. You asking and him doing something. Me asking for something or demanding something that I know is the will of God and Jesus standing there to make sure it happens. That's called working together. So he gave us his name. He said, you're going to do greater works now. The way you're going to do it is with my name. He says, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. In other words, I will perform it. I will see to it that it gets done. I'll take responsibility for it. He said, if you ask anything in my name, anything representing all that I am, anything representing the will of the Father, if you ask it in my name, I'm going to be right there to make sure it gets done. You see, and Peter and them used that name in Acts chapter 3 when they said, in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. And immediately his ankle bones received strength. And then Peter gave an explanation because people were looking at Peter, and Peter said, don't look at me as if by our own holiness we made this man to work. He said, I want you to know, and I want all Jerusalem to know, that the man that you crucified... He is the one that have given this man this perfect sound is in the presence of you all. So Peter invoked the name in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He's acting just like Jesus would act. He's doing what Jesus would do at that very moment. No doubt he had walked by that man many days. Many days. Jesus had been in and out of the temple. The man was over 40 years old. So Jesus had walked by that man and not healed him. But on one particular day, being led by the Spirit, as he asked alms from them, Peter stopped him and John and said, look on us. Something different about today, because now the Holy Spirit's involved. Because they're being led by the Spirit of God, and they use the name, and the Bible says that he was expecting to receive something from them. So no doubt they probably had given him something in the past, because this man getting ready to get something. But Peter said, I ain't got no silver and gold. Now, that don't mean he was broke. That means he didn't have none on him right then. He wasn't broke. He said, but what I do have, I'm fixing to give to you. And what he had, he had the presence of God. He had the anointing upon him. He had the power upon him. So he had the glory, which is the presence, the power, and the goodness. And then he had the name. He had the Holy Ghost. All that wrapped up into one. And when he spoke and said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And when he reached down and grabbed that man, the Bible says his feet and ankle bones received strength. That means that the Lord was right there with them, making sure that what he had demanded happened in his name because it was his will at that specific time and that specific place and that specific person. It was God's will for him to get up and walk. And God did that, and many souls were saved. 
I think, what, 5,000 people got saved after that. On the day of Pentecost, there's what, 3,000 people got saved? Then 5,000. So God did a great miracle, and in fact, the religious world called it a notable miracle. They say, now, we can't deny that a miracle didn't happen because they had not walked by that man. And they wanted to know, by what power or by what name have you done this? And Peter said, I want you to know it's by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even by him does this man stand before you whole. He said, you crucified him, but he did this. So then they were threatened not to teach or to preach, not to speak. If you're going to say something, you should be saying it in his name. So Jesus right here told them how they were going to do the greater works, but he wasn't finished. So he gave them one aspect of doing the greater works. It was the use of the authority of his name. He gave them the authority to use his name as being led by the Spirit of God. Now look at the next verse, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. All right, now that's pretty straightforward, ain't it? So he goes from doing the greater works. He say, now, I'm going to give you my name, but don't fall out of love with me. Some people just want to use the name, and they don't want to have nothing to do with him. You can't do that. That ain't going to work. So you have to line your life up and say, you know, I'm going to obey. I'm going to listen. I'm going to pray. I'm going to obey. I'm going to listen. I'm going to pray. I'm going to obey. So he says, if you love me, do what? Keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he should give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. So now Jesus is telling them how they're going to do the greater works. You're going to have access to my name. I'm going to give you the authority to use my name, and then I'm going to give you another comforter. And this comforter is going to help you because when you look up that word paraclete, it means helper, strengthener, comforter, standby, advocate, intercessor. All of those words are wrapped up in that one word comforter there. He said, now I'm going to give you the comforter. He is the spirit of truth. And he's not in you right now. He wasn't in them. He was with them. He was alongside them, but he wasn't in them yet because Jesus had not yet been glorified. In other words, Jesus had not been raised from the dead yet. He hadn't died. He hadn't taken our sins to the cross with him. And, and so it wasn't until after he was raised from the dead that it became possible for your body and my body to become the temple that the Holy Spirit lives in. Guess where he lives? He lives right there in you. Say, the Holy Ghost in me. So how many of you have access to the name? How many of you have the Holy Spirit living in you? Then you qualified for greater works. Now, I want to emphasize one aspect or maybe a couple aspects of the Holy Spirit. You know, that word comforter can be translated helper. So the Holy Spirit is our strengthener. 
Ephesians chapter 3 says that we are strengthened with might by his spirit. Where? That's where he is, in your inner man. So he gives you strength in your inner man. But he also strengthens your soul, and he strengthens your physical body. The Holy Spirit does that. He is your helper. Now, sometimes people forget when they get in life's battles, they forget about the fact that they have a helper. Now, you can use a helper, or you can send the helper away. How many of you had somebody want to help you, and you say, that's all right, I got it, and you did in your own strength? Well, you know, if you'd have let somebody help you, you wouldn't have to work so hard. <laughs> now, the Holy Spirit, he's the helper of all helpers. But the helper, I'm going to call him that, but the comforter who is the Holy Spirit. All right, let's go on down a little bit more. He talks about loving him again. If you love me, keep my commandments. And then he said he's going to reveal himself to you. That's his presence. He said, me and the Father are going to come to you and reveal ourselves to you. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you don't love me, you ain't going to obey me. So your obedience is the mark of your love for God. If you really love Jesus, then you're really going to follow the word. I remember one day I was telling the Lord over and over, Lord, I love you, Jesus. Jesus, I sure do love you. Jesus, I love you, Jesus. And then he asked me a question. He said, are you keeping my word? He caused me to examine myself. Am I walking in obedience? Has he asked me to do anything that I'm not doing? Or have he revealed scriptures to me that I'm not putting into practice? Now, I could say at that moment, I say, Lord, to the best of my knowledge, I don't know no area that I'm in disobedience. And that was fine with him. He just wanted me to check. So, so every time I tell him, almost every time I say, Lord, I love you, I always think, am I walking in obedience? Because if I ain't walking in obedience, he will call me a liar to my face in love. <laughs> say, you're not telling the truth. I mean, no, he'll tell you the truth. Yeah, he'll correct you if you're wrong. He ain't going to sugarcoat it. Amen. So we all have to make sure that we're walking in the light that he has revealed to us. So you can't, you can't persist in sinful behavior and then get on your knees and say, Lord, I love you, because he's going to say, no, you don't. You can't fool him. You, you might want to love him, but you have to obey. He said, if a man loves me, he'll keep my words, point blank. He said, my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. So you got the Father, Son, Holy Spirit living right in you. And Jesus begins to reveal himself to you in a way that's very personal. And there's lots of ways he can do that to let you know he's with you. Amen. How many of you he let you know he's with you today already? You see that? You know what I'm talking about. He can already let you know today, hey, I'm with you. Even if you mess up, he ain't going to leave. You know, the Holy Spirit ain't fickle. He is a gentleman, but he ain't fickle. He ain't like a scaredy cat. Every time you do something wrong, he run off and hide. No, he stay right there working with you. Amen. All right, now look at verse 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Now he made it real plain who he's talking about. But the comforter, I'm going to say, but the helper, 
which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father was sending in my name, Father going to send him in Jesus' name, in Jesus' place. He should teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I've said unto you. So now I got a helper, amen, who's going to teach me how to live by faith. He's going to teach me how to walk in love. He's going to teach me how to exercise patience. He's going to teach me how to overcome. He's going to teach me how to let good overcome evil. Whatever I, it is that I'm learning, he's going to teach me how to walk in humility. He's going to teach me how to do the greater works. He's going to show me things to come. Look at Acts chapter, uh, excuse me, John chapter 16. Look at verse number 13. Jesus said, but when he, the spirit of truth, that's the helper, it's come. He will guide you in all truth. He will guide. So I see the helper is there to guide me. He's there to teach me. He's there to remind me of things. How many of you have been reminded of things by the Holy Ghost? Yes, have you ever reminded you something he told you? Yes, sure, he reminds you. You know, sometimes he'll say, now do this, and you'll forget. And he'll come right back and remind you about it. Say, now wait a minute, go ahead and do this now. He reminds you of what the instruction is that God's given to you. So he's going to guide me. He's going to work with me. He's going to teach me, going to show me. He says, he will guide you in all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. So now I know he's going to talk to me. Now, he ain't going to talk to me in an audible voice like I hear Melvin's voice. Now, that could happen, but that don't happen very often. So don't be seeking voices. You know, people say, well, I don't hear the voice of God. They're waiting on a booming voice coming out the corner of the room somewhere. You know, that, hey, the devil can accommodate you with stuff like that. The voice that you hear is on the inside. Come right out of your heart, right? Your, your spirit is the candle of the Lord, enlighten all the inward parts of the belly. He speaks to you in your heart. He illuminates your mind right from your heart, right up through your mind to your understanding. He communicates to you, but he can be talking to you. Nobody around you can hear him but you. You can hear God talking to you and we're just packed in by people. And he can be talking to you and nobody else can hear what he's saying. He has a way to communicate with you that the world can't understand. Because if you go out there and say the Lord talked to you, they're going to make a spectacle out of you. Y'all remember that time Pat Robinson said that, that God speaks to him? Oh man, they blasted him on the evening news. This man say God talked to him. Well, Christians shouldn't be making fun of that because if you're a believer, he talked to you. You should have been saying, yeah, I agree with him. God talked to me all the time. But see, we don't want to be that bold because then people be like, you crazy too? <laughs> Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. What's that? Well, if you hear his voice, then he must have something to say. Right? You hear the devil talking to you. People get in code and say, the devil made me do it. And people say, you know, the devil talked to him. They believe in the devil. Believe the devil got a voice. People do stuff in the name of the devil. They say, yeah, the devil got in them. People believe in that. Because sometimes they know the devil getting them. <laughs> so he said, he's going to speak whatever he hears. So he's going to talk to you. Now, this is a helper now. This is all a part of your help package. 
He will show you things to come. So you don't need to go to a palm reader. You don't need to sit down there with a deck of cards. You know, you ain't got to go to Madam X or Madam Y, Madam Z. That's right. Madam or Malcolm. You ain't got to go to neither one of them. <laughs> Madam Malcolm. You ain't got to do all that. Listen, you have a helper. He'll show you what you need to know about the future when you need to know it. I've had God show me things to come, and they come to pass just like he says. That's how he helps you. That's how he keeps you on course. Sometimes if you're wondering if you're going in the right path, he'll show you something that's up ahead and walk you right into it or walk you right through it. He will show you things to come. He shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. That means he's going to give you revelation of supernatural spiritual things. He's going to disclose things to you. He will take what's mine. Jesus said he's going to take what belongs to me and reveal it to you. That's all about your inheritance of what you have because you're in the family. He said the Holy Spirit is going to take what's mine and it's going to show it to you. All things that the Father hath to mine, therefore said I that he shall, he shall take of mine, shall show it to you. He shall glorify me. Amen. So all of his work in your life is to point you to Jesus Christ, is to point you to a stronger, healthy relationship with Christ. Amen. He glorifies Jesus. He don't glorify men. He uses men for God's glory. Amen. How many want to be used for his glory? Amen. But we don't want him to glorify us. We ain't, I'm not in this to be glorified. I'm in here to glorify Jesus. My job is to glorify him. My job is to point you to Jesus. My job is to connect you to Jesus, not to connect you to me. I'm not supposed to be your crutch. You're supposed to go to Jesus. My job is connecting you to Jesus. Hallelujah. Because he's your savior. He's your deliverer. And then when you get to him, then he'll tell you about the Holy Spirit. He said, now I left a helper for you. I sent a helper for you. I said, you know, Father sent a helper in my name. Somebody going to help you through life. Now, don't forget that you have a helper in life. You have somebody helping you no matter what situation you find yourself in. God will help you. Now, if he don't help you, then something wrong. If, he don't, if he's not guiding you, teaching you, leading you, showing you, revealing things to you, helping you through life, then he's not doing what Jesus said he was going to do. Then Jesus lied. And how many know Jesus didn't lie? No, he didn't lie. The Holy Spirit is doing just what Jesus told him to do or just what he's been assigned to do, what his mission is in this dispensation is to empower you and to anoint you, amen, to, to do the greater works and to do what's pleasing to God and to help you through life struggles. Amen. The Holy Spirit is your partner. The, the word paraclete means one called alongside to help. Now that's why you just can't lay back and ask him to do everything. 
Some people think the Holy Spirit is the doer. <laughs> well, that's something he do what we can't do, but he's there to help us. That means that many times when you're praying and you need help with something, then he'll give you an instruction that involves you to do something. But he's supplying the grace, he's supplying the power, he's supplying the wisdom, he's giving you everything you need to do it. He's your helper. He's your counselor. Amen? Have you ever looked at the Holy Spirit as being your counselor and say, say, Holy Spirit, Jesus said you would counsel me. I need some instruction right now. I need you to help me with this problem. Tell me what to do. Show me what I'm supposed to do in this situation. You're my counselor. You're my helper. And I need help. And the Lord knew that I was going to need some help. That's why he assigned you to me. So make yourself known, however you want to, but help me. How <laughs> I many you know the best prayers are help? I'm going to have to share with y'all one night the prayers that David prayed. Because I, I sat here one day, well, this, this is a long story, but I, I prayed here and I went through the Psalms and I looked at the prayers that David prayed and it would just amaze you how much, how much humility that man had and how he prayed and acknowledged his dependence and his need for God. I heard, help me, save me, deliver me, preserve me, strengthen me, uphold me. I mean, it just, I, I don't know, I had 30 or maybe 35 little phrases where he's talking about, do something for me. Because he realized he couldn't do it on his own. Protect me. Provide for me. Cover me. Shield me. Search me. On and on. He just, oh, Lord. He just with the Lord. He said, Lord, look, here I am. I need you. I need you. Heal me. He prayed that. Heal me, Lord, and I shall be healed. <laughs> Sustain me. <laughs> I'm going to share that one night, one Wednesday. You'll see humility is expressed in your prayers, how you depend on God. Because if David could pray that way and get help, you're a new Christian, a new covenant believer. Let me tell you, you can pray that way even more effectively and get help. God is eager to answer your prayers. See, the Holy Spirit wants to help you. He manifests the power of God in your life. Amen. He's there working in you on your character. The fruit of the Spirit, teaching you how to walk in love, how to walk in joy, how to walk in peace, how to walk in humility, how to walk in goodness, how to walk in meekness, how to have self-control, all this, how to be long-suffering. Some of y'all don't understand the work that God is doing. You say, I don't know why I keep giving that person another chance, and you're, not, you're just not realizing that you're just being long-suffering. You're developing that fruit. Holy Spirit, he's not telling you everything he's doing. He's just doing it. Some of y'all don't know why you're going through things. Well, just let God work in you. Say, Lord, whatever's happening, let you be glorified. You know, Paul was in a dangerous situation. He said, Lord, just be glorified in my life, whether by life or death. Whatever you're doing, just go ahead and do it, but be glorified. Whether I live or die, just be glorified. That's all I'm asking. Lord, be glorified. Glorify your name. You have a helper this evening. Look at your neighbor and say, I have a helper. I have a helper. 
He's the Holy Spirit. Say, the Holy Spirit is my helper. Amen. Now, there's some things that you can do to, to uh, I'm going to say, speed the help along. You can do some things that hinder the helper. And you can do some things to speed help along. Amen. Now, turn to Psalms chapter 28. I I'm going to go to Gary, one of Gary's favorite scriptures. I'm going to say, Gary, I got to say, we're going to go to one of our favorite scriptures. <laughs> yeah. I shared it with him, then he shared it with me, and, and now we're sharing it with each other. <laughs> Amen. That's how we help one another. Amen. It's just amazing what you get when you come to church sometime. God will speak a word to you to stick with you for the rest of your life. In Psalm 28, wait a minute, we got to stop. Let's go back to 27. All right, look at verse, verse 11. Just give you a little hint of what I'm talking about. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Lead me in a plain path because of my enemies. Deliver me not over to the will of my enemies. For false witnesses are risen up against me and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Now, now just look at that scripture right there, how I just build you up. <laughs> Boy, I felt the strength come, I felt strength come right into me. Teach me. Lead me. Deliver me. That's three of them right there. He said, I would have gave up. I would have fainted. I'd have given up. I would have lost heart if I had not believed 